0: Hi, I'm Dr. Shante, and welcome to Branding for Believers, the podcast that I decided to turn into a pod class. I want you to come into this classroom with me, become engaged and become equipped with everything you need to turn your fear into the faith you need to believe bigger in your dreams. So if you're ready to confront your fears, your doubts, your questions, keep watching. hi and welcome to branding for believers episode five kicking off the faith series looking at what are the things that block us from believing bigger in our dreams so we're going to be looking at faith blockers today starting with rejection more times than not rejection is one of the biggest fears and one of the biggest reasons why people tend to shy away there's something about hearing the word no that kind of shakes our confidence and so we're going to be talking about how we're going to overcome that obstacle so we're going to be looking at three aspects of no first we're going to talk about the emotion of it because that's what it is there's a psychological function that takes place when we hear the word no where we start to backpedal and we start to second guess and doubt the second thing that we're going to be talking about is how we're going to shift the power of that so shifting the power of no and lastly, are we ready for the yes? Looking at what it takes to, to actually be ready for the opportunities that we want to pursue. So first, let's talk about the emotion of no. Let's just keep it real. It's painful. Something we really wanted, an opportunity that we thought was really going to benefit us, and we apply, we take time, we cultivate, you know, this pitch, and the answer is we're going to have to take a pass. Not at this time. Well, I'm sorry that... Um, you're just not what we're looking for right now, but we hope you're interested. We hope that you know you, you are doing well in your dreams. It's, I used to work in human resources and it's what we call the thanks but no thanks letter. Okay, you know, we have many candidates that would apply for a job, but there's only one position available. And so we would have what we call the thanks but no thanks letter, just kind of this patent um, lengthy response that basically just means no. <laughs> we are deciding to move on and head into another direction. But it's painful and it creates insecurity. This is one of the biggest things. When we hear the word no, oftentimes what we do is we immediately start to look inward. We immediately start to self-evaluate and say, what's wrong with me? Very seldom do we stop to take the time to say, what's wrong with the process? Um, What's wrong with them? (laughs) Um, What is it that Um, they fail to see, we immediately start to look inward and we start to second guess and self doubt and we have insecurities about whether or not we have what it takes to make it because oftentimes we bestow power and privilege to authorities and we say that unless I can pass muster with this authority, unless I can pass muster with this person, I'm not good enough. But that is a power that we bestow, not one that necessarily exists in reality. It cracks our confidence and it shakes our faith. But one of the things I want to point out is that no is not never. No is not a death sentence. No is not permanent. No could just mean not now because sometimes the timing isn't right. And all of us, if we think about it, we have been turned down or passed over for opportunities where six months from that that initial rejection, we look back and say, I'm so glad that didn't work out. I'm so glad that I didn't take that job at that time. I'm so glad that I didn't pursue that. So no is not never, it just means not now. It can also mean not this person because when you're talking about being an entrepreneur, being an influencer, I cannot underscore how important it is to have the right people surrounding you, how important it is to have the right people on your team because one bad hire can take your company, can take your platform to the basement straight to the bottom so it might just mean this is not the right person for you to be working with and sometimes we find out in hindsight that that was actually a blessing it might mean not this opportunity this is not the only fish in the sea and oftentimes if you watch reality television which i don't anymore um and when i watch reality television why do i have to say this disclaimer so when i watch reality tv it was things like american idol the voice not this Real Housewives type stuff. I, know, that's just not Dr. Shantae. That doesn't make my boat float, I'm gonna be honest, okay? But yeah, for me, when um, I watched American Idol, there were people that tried out the year prior that came back and tried again, and came back and tried again. So just because it's not this opportunity right now doesn't mean that it won't ever happen. It's just a matter of what is your level of commitment and what is your level of persistence. It might be that this isn't the right location for you to grow and to thrive. Um, a little bit later in the faith series when we're talking about things that block our faith, one of the biggest things is we might not be in the right place. There's some, there some soil where seeds just cannot fully grow. So this might not be the right location for you, for your business and your dream to thrive. It might be not this way. Everybody that does business, everyone who has a platform, everyone that is seeking to be an influencer and um, on media, there's a lot of sharks out there. There are some people that, that are literally just out to take every opportunity that you have. They are watching you, they're studying you, they're making the list and checking it twice, and trying to leverage what you're doing for their own benefit, for their own means and purposes. And so no might mean that this is not the person that you need to be working with. And lastly, no is not personal. In the sales world, when you're a car salesman, if you boo-hooed about every person that didn't buy a car, you would never make commission. And so in sales, no means next. When you go to Macy's, when you go to Bloomingdale's, when you go to Nordstrom, and you don't buy their shoes, I promise you they are not passing around the tissues because they're like, oh my God, she didn't buy my handbag. It's not personal, okay? You went there, you evaluated your options, you moved on to something else, and they're not crying tears because you walked out the door and didn't buy the shoes, didn't buy the handbag, didn't buy the tie, didn't buy the, the, the cufflinks. It's not personal, it's just business. So let's talk about how we're going to shift that power. Shifting the power of no. Rejection does not mean that you're not good enough. It means that the other person failed to see what you have to offer. And that is a moment and an opportunity for us to learn. What that means is anytime that you get rejected, you should always, always ask for feedback and say why. Hold people accountable because there are a lot of people out there that will throw rocks and hide their hands and look sideways and and have all kinds of of nebulous reasons why they did not choose you, but if this is something worth its salt, ask for feedback. Say, was there something about the way that I presented myself? And if if they did choose someone, go one step further. Who did they choose? And, and look at the side-by-side comparison, not for the sake of to see whether or not you measure up, but just to see what that person brought to the table and see how it aligned with the opportunity that you were pursuing. And so if someone made a better presentation, it may not be that you weren't the best candidate, but sometimes another candidate makes a better presentation than what you did. And so rejection is not necessarily a reflection of you, but a possibility that they failed to see what you had to offer. Rejection is also redirection. Sometimes we think we're missing out on one thing and we get redirected to something better. I see this on House Hunters all the time, so don't judge me, I watch a lot of HGTV, but you know, they go looking for a house and somebody else put a bid on it and they're heartbroken because they already started placing their furniture and they saw their fruit on the granite countertops and it just doesn't work out. But Lo and behold, they find a house that they just completely fell in love with and they're so glad that the other one didn't work out. Another way to think about framing no, and I have a a great personal example for this. Instead of being angry about what was kept from you, how about being grateful for what you were kept from? So for many years, um, I did not know who my biological father was. And, you know, when you're raised in a society watching things like The Brady Bunch and The Partridge Family and Leave It to Beaver, you know, you start to wonder, where's my dad? So for years, I grew up with a lot of bitterness and anger and kind of feeling left out because I didn't have that opportunity. I didn't have that storybook um, Cosby show American family. And I had so many bitter feelings about that feeling rejected that this man did not even want me. Well, fast forward. Uh, My biological father died recently. And my very first time seeing his face was at his funeral. And when I began to look at his life and what he had done and what he had not done and the kind of life he lived, all I could say was thank God. I had dodged a bullet. Despite you know, what he may have been, in terms of the way that my mom tried to raise me, that was out of alignment with the way that he lived his life. And it just immediately came full circle that I spent so many years and wasted so much energy being angry that I didn't have what I thought I should have, that I didn't have what other folks had, that I didn't have Uh, an opportunity to follow the script that America had written out about what family looks like. I had spent so much wrapped up in that that it never dawned on me that perhaps if I had had a relationship with this individual that I might not be where I'm standing today that that might have been a hindrance, that that might have been a block, that that I might have been exposed to some things that I didn't need to be exposed to. So sometimes, instead of thinking about what we're being kept from, why don't we just be grateful that some doors are closed and don't need to be opened? Dr. Steve Miraboli, he has this great quote. He says, every time I thought I was being rejected from something good, I was actually being redirected to something better because necessity is the mother of invention. In other words, when something does not work out, you will find a way for it to work out. Think about the last time that you wanted something, that you wanted to go somewhere, or all of the hotel rooms were booked, If it doesn't work in one hotel, you immediately recalibrate and start looking at another hotel. If you see something and it's not at the price that you want at the store that you were originally going to purchase it from, you immediately pivot and you start looking at how you can get it at a cheaper price from some other store. When when things don't work out in real life, we pivot we adjust we redirect ourselves and we go pursuing what we want but somehow in entrepreneurship we begin to take things so personally that we get stuck we get stumped we get paralyzed and we don't realize that we already have within us the tools the skills the mechanism to redirect ourselves into what it is that we desire So here's some questions. So for those of you here in the classroom and and, and listening, I wanna challenge you with some questions. The first being, why have you assigned the power to decide your future to someone else? So when you ask for something and one person doesn't give it to you, one bank doesn't give it to you, one entity, one company doesn't accept your pitch or doesn't embrace your concept, Why is that the end? Why have you given the power to decide your future to somebody else? How did they get to be that big and bad and that important in your story? How did they become a deity in your story? How did they become the Zeus in your life that you decided that the buck stops with that person, that opportunity, that bank, that pursuit, and if I can't get that, then it's done? Challenge yourself and ask, why do we do that? Why have we added a period when an ellipsis is more appropriate? So, I'm a nerd like that. I'm a geek. I teach English. I'm an English professor. I'm not a grammarian, but I do great grammar. Like, you know, it's one of those things. Like, I, typos bother me, and I'm like, mm. whenever I see one, I always go back and correct it. But a period stops a sentence a period ends the statement an ellipsis on the other hand are those three dots that you often see at the end of sentences those three dots mean to be continued that there is an omission that something is missing that there is something still left to fill in the gap that there is a gap those three dots mean that there is a gap between the statement that occurred and the statement that's going to be next. So often when you get rejected, you need to ask yourself, why am I putting a period when this is really an ellipsis? I applied for that bank loan, but dot, 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 there needs to be some action taken that facilitates, that fills in that gap because that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of your journey. Just because it didn't happen the way that you had planned it out in your mind does not mean that we close the book and we move on to something else. Last question. Why does your success hinge on a single scenario playing out perfectly as you planned it in your head? If we're being honest, we write scripts. We write scripts for other people. And when they don't fall in line, we're like, cut, stop tape. Um, You didn't do what you were supposed to do. You didn't say what you were supposed to say. See, when I did this, you were were supposed to respond that way and you didn't do that. And a lot of times when it doesn't play out the way that we think it should go, we will pack up our toys and go home. We will will revert back to that two-year-old, three-year-old behavior and say, well, forget it. That's not an effective attitude to be a successful entrepreneur, to be a successful influencer. We cannot allow our pride to be the barrier because it didn't happen the way that you thought it was going to happen. Sometimes you have to humble yourself and ask for help. Just because it did not happen the way that you had it scripted doesn't mean that that's the end of the play. So let's talk about being ready for the yes. Oftentimes when I work with entrepreneurs, influencers, I find that many of them, they want the dream, but they're not ready for it. I said, if your dream investor, if your dream client, if your dream opportunity, if the Shonda Rhimes of your field, if the Steven Spielberg of your field, if the Steve Jobs of your industry came knocking at your door, are you ready for the yes? And more times than not, the answer is no. Too often we get preoccupied with the payoff and we don't focus enough on the substance of what is required to be ready for these opportunities. So in terms of being ready for the yes, are you ready for, as my mom say, are you ready for prime time? She always has this joke about, you know, they're the shows that that are on during the daytime, you know, when a lot of people aren't home. It's not that those shows don't have value, but they have a daytime slot, which means that they are, are watched by a smaller audience. But then when you move to prime time, when you move to prime time, oh, that's a different story. Now you're ready for that marquee experience. And so are you ready for prime time? Do you have your bio ready? Do you have your headshots ready? Do you have your pitch polished? Are you ready for the yes? How many of your followers and social media connections are actually decision makers? Sometimes we get so caught up in the quantity of followers that we have that we're not examining the quality of followers that we have. Who in your circle of social media connections can actually make a decision for you, can actually open a door for you, can actually expand opportunities and devote resources to what it is that you're trying to do? So oftentimes we're caught up in the I need to be popular when you really need to be relevant and relevant amongst people that can make decisions for you. Does your brand reflect the kind of talent, client, and revenue that you want to attract? You cannot attract a Ritz-Carlton client with a Motel 6 brand model, and I'm not knocking Motel 6. Motel 6 has a target base, a target customer, uh, where that customer appreciates that level of service. But the Motel 6 branding does not appeal to the Ritz-Carlton client and a lot of times we have these Ritz-Carlton dreams with Motel 6 work ethics, with Motel 6 marketing, with Motel 6 branding. There's nothing wrong with it but there is a disconnect between the type of client that you want to attract versus how your brand presents to that sort of audience. How much value can someone get from your selfies? How much value can someone get from you taking pictures of what you had to eat and what your kids are doing on the weekend? Does your brand reflect the kind of talent, client, and revenue that you want to attract? In other words, are you ready for the yes? So this brings us to the end of our episode. This is the part where we are going to come into our audience and just get one of two comments, just kind of like some take away some live wire reactions to what we heard in this first part of the faith series, and we're going to shift it around to the front.
1: So I did have a comment. Um, No, so uh, you, my aha moment, as you just put it though, was relevance over popularity. I Mm -hmm. thought that part was keen, just because that's something that I really been thinking about. I have a lot of friends who have now 50 and 60,000 followers with their brand and their work. And it's great, but I'm always the one that's like, you know, I don't have a whole lot. I think I'm at like 2,700, which might not be a lot, but I'm thinking about the people who are in there. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right, this whole idea of having decision makers. You know, we can have numbers all day, but I'm like, at the end of the day, numbers don't always equal dollars. Thank no, you. you. know, so <laughs> No, so that really was a, a aha moment. I think it's just the way you put it, too being relevant over being popular. Yes. I see a lot of people, you know, they get clout on social media, but at the end of the day, what does that impact look like after the selfies are, are done and after you've put your cute quote up? Like, what impact are you leaving, you know, with lasting impressions? So that was my aha moment.
0: Thank you for that, I appreciate it. Because a lot of times, you know, we become popular and then we begin to dilute our brand. So we might have started with one platform, but next thing you know, you know, we're advertising craft cheese singles, you know, because we want to get product endorsements from a certain sponsor. And so in terms of popularity, 10 years from now, many of the people who are popular right now will not be relevant. And so when you're building your brand, when you're building your platform, you always want to bear in mind how relevant am I to the audience that I want to reach and how what type of content am I putting out. If somebody Googles your name and all they see is your face, hashtag cute, hashtag women's crush Wednesday, hashtag you know filter free, there's no substance in that. It's cute for what it's cute for. It's cute for the 30 seconds that people see it on social media and like your p- picture, but in terms of dollars, corporate investors angel funding i'm not investing in your face unless you're giselle bunston or tyra banks or somebody like that but if if you're not one of those people then that doesn't have any relevance in any substance so that takes us to the end of our first episode in the faith series Overcoming rejection. You guys, I welcome you to get social with me at Dr. Shante says on Instagram as well as on Twitter. And you can always get the show notes at brandingforbelievers.com. I'll see you next time. Thank you for watching and listening, Branding for Believers. You can get all of today's show notes at brandingforbelievers.com. And you can follow Dr. Shante on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante says. And don't forget to tune in for the next episode. I once heard a minister, uh, Kenneth Copeland, And he once preached this sermon and he made this statement. He said that everybody that's in your circle ain't necessarily in your corner. And that oftentimes is the case with entrepreneurs because if you've been listening to the podcast, especially in the Fear series, you will find that entrepreneurship, going out on your own, following your dream, following your passion is non-standard behavior. We have not been conditioned to do that. We have not been socialized and set up that way. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.